Hello my friends, Shauna Tucker here, excited to host this edition of Electric Violin Shop's Rockstar Violinist Podcast, sponsored by Codabo, the top maker of carbon fiber bows, and Diodario, the premier manufacturer of strings. I'm thrilled to introduce this rockstar cellist, Miss Tina Guo. Honestly, we really should be pronouncing her last name as Guo, because Tina is, in a word, phenomenal. She's an internationally acclaimed cellist and composer, and she's a musical chameleon. One moment, Tina's on stage in a huge stadium, shredding hard on her electric cello, her bow a colorful blur, and pedals everywhere. And then the next moment, you may find her in a concert hall setting, mesmerizing listeners with her intoxicating film score melodies and executing complicated cello concerto passages with ease and grace on her beautiful acoustic instrument. Tina invited me to her lovely home studio in Los Angeles to talk about her life and career as a rock star cellist. We covered a lot of interesting ground. Here's what Tina had to share with EBS. So excited to be to be interviewing you today. It took a lot for us to get to this point, but I'm just happy that we had time to come together in your super duper busy, tight, unbelievable schedule to talk about you and how you do your thing, your marvelous thing with the cello. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. It's, it is truly a pleasure. I have a I have a lot of questions. Okay, I'm ready. I have questions. Okay. <laughs> But I want you to like, you know, to, I'm not going to be too crack the whip on it because okay. I just want to hear your story okay. and how cello has inspired you to, to keep doing what you're doing. Sure. And, and, and I probably will tell you a little bit about how you inspire so many cellists of all ages, of all genders, but oh, more wow. specifically, I think the women of the world who carry that cello on our back. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. So first question, um, is cello your first instrument? Uh, no, it's not, actually. Oh. Yeah, I started on the piano when uh -huh. I was three, uh, and then both of my parents are classical music teachers, so my mom is a violin teacher, and my dad is a cello teacher. Oh. Uh, so I was forced into the family trade, and I began uh, at age... Forced. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, and I began at age six on the violin, but I was so bad. I was. I remember literally playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for like six months, and I just couldn't get past <laughs> it. Like Certain things are just awkward for you know certain bodies, yeah. and I just couldn't get it. Yeah. Um, so then they switched me over to cello and that actually happened like it flowed much more easily yeah uh, so that's how it happened you were like oh, oh. <laughs> twinkle twinkle what yeah <laughs> one day twinkle, yeah twinkle little star. no it really was like one day the first day i was like oh my god it's a sign i have to play the cello isn't it interesting how yeah. people think that because that all strings are transferable and no. just because you play cello you can automatically play the violin no. like the vibrato is completely different i've tried it, it mm -hmm. no it doesn't work Really I just, I gave up. Yeah. I started on violin too and I hated it. Really? Yeah. No offense to violin players. No, They're no, no. Awesome. Yeah. Violinists, you do what you do so well. And we do what we do on <laughs> cello the same way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where did you grow up? And when did you come to the States? Yes. So I was born in China, made in China. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the year 1985, um, in the same hospital that my mom was born in. So, what? yeah, it's been around there forever. Uh, anyway, I came to America when I was five and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was, I'm 31 now. So that was qu quite a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're Americanized. Yeah, I'm pretty Americanized. <laughs> I'm <yeah>. sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. No, we're happy you're here. Thank you. I, the, the, the world is, is happy that you're here. Oh, um, when... Did you realize or discover that electric slash amplified cello or plugging in was was the thing for you? Was it a was it a desire or was it out of necessity? Um, okay, so I grew up in a very conservative traditional household with you know Asian parents that grew up during the communist revolution in China. Plus, they're classical musicians. Mm -hmm. Plus, they were my music teacher. So it was like the <laughs> ultimate tiger, dragon, super parenting. Oh um, and because of that, they were very, very strict mm -hmm. in many ways, including musically, um, where it, it was highly dis discouraged mm -hmm. um, to listen to anything outside of what is correct improper. Um, so, of course... Which would be classical. Yeah, which would be classical music. Interesting. So... 
whatever happens when you repress somebody is that you go the opposite extreme. Yes. Usually, at least that's what I, that I'm, I tend to be, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'll get like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you want to sing? And then take <laughs> Here's it. Here's what camp <laughs> looks like. Here's what camp looks like. <laughs> and like probably take it like way to the opposite extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mellowed out a little in my old age, but, but it's still there. Um, so the very first kind of exposure to, to heavier, darker, not non-classical or mainstream music, um, I had a crush on this guy named Luke. Oh, and look, uh, not Luke Skywalker. He was a, he was like a, a goth kid <laughs> mm-hmm. in was sixth grade at Mesa Verde Middle School in San Diego. Okay. He had long black hair. He wore black lipstick, but he also had huge like Coke bottle rim glasses because mm-hmm. he was also kind of nerdy. He was oh. like a ner- like nerdy goth. Um, <laughs> and I just thought he was so cool because he was so weird. I like yeah. I like like things and people that are just strange, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I, I was like, and I was to- super dork. I also had like huge glasses. I got LASIK recently. I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. But anyway, <laughs> so I would like follow him around. And then one day he's like, Hey, you want to check out this new CD I got? I was like, yeah. And it was Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar. Oh, wow. So that was like industrial music. And I had never heard anything like that because it also wasn't being played on the radio. So I couldn't mm-hmm. just accidentally come across it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a boom box at home. It had a CD player on top, two cassette, like, you know, <laughs> Uh, little sections on the bottom yes. where you can make your own mixtapes and stuff. Record, yep, press, play yep, at the yep. same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I listened to it on the lowest level, like one, so my parents couldn't hear it with like my ear pressed up against the speaker. Wow. And that was, I started getting kind of, not a, yeah, I mean, I was, I only heard Marilyn Manson, so I was like obsessed with that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my best friend, her name is also Tina. Um, it's not myself, don't worry, there's, <laughs> she actually exists. Yeah. Um, she let me, she gave me a tape. It was a tape of uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. So mm-hmm. I heard that. So that was like my introduction to, to classic rock. And I really, really love the sound of the electric guitar. So actually, yeah. Sorry, I'm you know I tend to be a little superfluous no, when I talk. But, keep going, girl. Um, this is good. <laughs> uh, so for me, it was more of actually like I'm like I want to sound, I want to play music like that. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I should plug the cello because I didn't even at the time, you know, I had no, I'd never seen an electric cello. Right. I didn't really have exposure to even alternative string playing, so mm-hmm. I didn't know that it, it could exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought like, oh, I wish I was like a guitar player. I wish I could be like Slash. I wish I could, yeah. you know. Um, and then. So that kind of like, you know, underground, like secret music listening happened for a bit until mm-hmm. I went to college uh, and I went to USC for a classical cello because mm-hmm. of course I was still playing classical. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I was actually allowed to use the internet for the first time because it, it was like invented, you know, previous to when I was I in remember college. when there was no internet. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> like the AOL, like CDs that they mm-hmm. would send out to everybody, mm-hmm. the dial-up. Um, but then I got to college and I'm like, oh my God, I can use the internet now. And YouTube had just come out. So I started like uh, studying different guitar players. So I would yeah. listen to like Steve Vai, like all the different tutorial videos, Yngwie Malmsteen. Started, started with those guys because they're a little bit more, I don't want to say like neoclassical kind mm-hmm. of. So like I well, could associate with Well, but there is a correlation yeah, that like, is closer than a lot of people think between yeah. rock rock music and classical music yeah um, I don't I don't want to say it's transferable but it's very easy yeah you're looking for yeah right right especially that kind of like you know guitar playing so I started studying that and then um oh I had heard of Apocalyptica but I Mm -hmm. believe they only play on acoustic cellos they use Mm -hmm. uh that you know they use effects and stuff right um and then I got my first, it was a Yamaha electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I like had a bar, oh, I, no, I charged my credit card. I think I had to mm-hmm. borrow some money. You charge your credit card mm-hmm. and buy like the first electric cello. Yeah. And then I started experimenting with pedals, like different pedals. And so it was really a lot, like a very slow process. Mm-hmm. It took quite, actually quite a few years to yeah. figure out what I was doing. And also I was trying to play standing up, um, which is also difficult to actually play in tune and to be yeah. able to move. And because um, for me, I guess I've always been focused on the visual as well. Like, of yeah. course, you know, the music is the most important thing. But um, if you're also wanting to be an entertainer, if you're wanting to perform, yeah. I just personally, because everyone's different, but for myself, I feel like it's very important to also visually represent what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you do it so well. Oh, I don't know I about mean, that. I'm just I do, doing my best. Girl, but <laughs> anybody that types Tina Guo into Google and presses images will have a, a super treat. Mm. People listen with their eyes as well as their ears. And many times it, um, it, it complements, it adds to, and your visuals are, not only are they just aesthetically beautiful, but there's, a, there's concept and there's fantasy and there's, you know, just 
badass just I mean girl you, you look you look like a superhero in oh, so no. many of your <laughs> so many of your videos and it's just very well done very you can tell that there's a lot of care and thought put into your concept and you can play because that's you. the other thing some people like put all that into the concept and then yeah. you're like yeah. you're not even playing show you're not yeah. even playing <laughs> You're airplane. Yeah, I, I guess like <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, I do come from a very traditional background, you mm. know, so a classical background. And yeah, I mean, I do I do feel like if you have that like classical or traditional training, not even necessarily, there's some amazing players who maybe don't have classical training, but, mm. you know, did the many, many hours of practice and mm. all the discipline that can help you carry over into any style of music, actually mm. anything in life in general. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. And then as far as like the visual um, aesthetic stuff, like for, for me, like as an, you know, as an artist or whatnot, mm -hmm. or as a, like for me, art is, everything is art, you know, uh, the food we eat, how mm -hmm. we present the food. I love food. Um, you know, the tea how, we drink, the tea we drink, we're drinking <laughs> tea right now yes. um uh you know like yeah of course what you see with your eyes unless you're your your uh, vision impaired of course mm -hmm. then it's just with your ears but um most people of course we we see things with our eyes and it really affects actually what we hear as well so it's everything is interconnected it's not yeah. like one or the other yeah yeah um tell us about your electric cellos plural because oh. <laughs> it's like you have a spectrum I mean, I've seen several different colors, and I also want to know about your choice in bow hair, because it seems like, this is just me, but it seems like there's some coordination going on, <laughs> either between what the, ce the cello color, or maybe how you feel on a particular day, or I know I've seen a video where the, the cello hair, um, sorry, the bow hair was, was beautiful and vibrant, like pink, uh -huh. and then you had an all-white outfit on, and then it Suddenly, it was a white bow. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, I blinked my eyes and it was white. <laughs> Magic. Let's talk about that. <laughs> sure. Well, I um, I play on a Yamaha electric cello, the SVC 210, so the newest model. Okay. Um, I have the first one, the same one that I actually purchased yes. many, many years ago. It's over 10 years old, so yeah. I still have that one. I had that one custom painted by the Yamaha custom shop, but the guitar uh, shop, Kevin Hare, did that gotcha. uh, almost 10 years ago. Thank Good you, Kevin. Good job, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the color-changing paint that they put on cars, like auto, yeah. auto paint. Yeah. So yeah, it goes from hot pink to gold yeah that was really cool and then i went to autozone and i bought some like stickers that people put on their cars like yeah. the fake chrome ones yeah. you know and i like <laughs> i put some on my car at the uh -huh. time and then i put some on the cello because i was trying to look cool <laughs> you have some spinners yeah. on the bottom yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so i did that uh and then my newest cello who is currently malfunctioning so i have oh. to get it fixed but uh -oh. his name is john snow okay um and he's a white yamaha electric cello <laughs> okay. um and i i well i have been performing mostly on him until he decided to i think he's there's something sick. wrong with, yeah he's sick something's going around something's going on i think mm -hmm. i've been beating him a little bit too mm -hmm. hard like well, when i play so easy. i know gotta work too yeah, I know. <laughs> um he's gonna come back from the dead so it'll, it'll be fine it'll I be fine that. uh and then as far as my bows so i started getting my bows rehaired with different colored hair mm -hmm. um after i realized there was actually different color hair available was i was like what what yes. is this yes. and usually in like the shops i go to like the serious you know, classical music mm -hmm. shops. I, I had never seen that before. Maybe and black sometimes. May, yeah, maybe and black and in like the normal white, yeah. like natural horsehair color. Yeah. But it doesn't affect the like the sound quality at mm -hmm. all. So I was like, oh, why don't more people do this? It might yeah. look a little. I don't know. I mean, depending on the situation you're in, mm -hmm. if it's a traditional, oh, yeah. yeah, maybe it's a little inappropriate. But. Um, so I just started getting all of my bows uh, rehaired with different colors, and so my new, um, I recently started a new line of bows and acoustic cellos, but these bows are available for violin, viola, and cello. Oh, great. And they're available in five different colors, so you can get green, blue, hot pink, which is usually my choice, mm -hmm. um, purple, mm -hmm. black, white, um, and hopefully you know I, I like test drove all of them and I thought it was kind of fun because sometimes on Instagram or Facebook like people would ask me like oh where did you get that but yeah. I'm like really is it not is it's it not thing. that common or like I, I got I mean it must be available because mm -hmm. I was able to but what I had to do actually was I had to order the hair mm -hmm. from like the hair company and then take it to the luthier that I go to oh. and they put it on there I don't know if I just missed the memo somewhere <laughs> where you can purchase like a pre-colored hair mm -hmm. situation so I mm -hmm. thought it, it was kind of a 
a cool opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to like offer different colored hair because mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm into it. So maybe other people. I'm into it too. I, I yeah. have a couple of different colored oh, bows, so, yeah. uh, bow hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. On my bows. Did you the, did you find them from like a shop or did you order? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. there's a shop in North Carolina, um, not too far from Electric Violin Shop, mm-hmm. um, called uh, Passowitz. Okay. Triangle Strings is okay. what, the, and they have a net rehair um, oh, okay. uh, company online that yeah. they show you the colors. Right. Like I have this one that's um, that goes from dark. <laughs> blue up to like this really pretty sage green wow and they call it either grasshopper or zen oh that's beautiful really pretty yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I, it was same with you i was yeah. like what this is a thing <laughs> i get all my favorite colors right yes yeah i mean i only have two bows so you know, oh it's I'm okay yeah, it's good change it out but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so awesome. do you um when you're tell me about um your pairing of your cellos with your bows because yeah. i know that your your series are they all carbon fiber oh, no, no you have some brazil wood too yeah yeah so okay. uh, these bows for violin viola and cello are available in either high quality um <laughs> carbon fiber black or in brazil wood uh and then you also have your choice of colored hair so okay. you can actually just choose whatever you know whatever suits your fancy mm-hmm. um and the cellos like uh, right for right now there's no violins or violas available we're okay. just starting with cellos mm-hmm. um and they have if you go to the website i don't want to like you know spend all day listing everything but it's tinaguostrings.com yeah, of course. um and they come with uh those pegs where you, you what, what do you call them again the mechanical mecha- oh yeah right pegs. mechanical pegs because my greatest fear in life is <laughs> getting hit in the face by a cello string being oh, blinded forever especially the c string that'd be a serious yeah look. actually i don't know if I've had that happen. That's pretty pretty nasty. I've not, and I don't want. It yeah, to <laughs> no, I'm just really I'm scared of scared of that. So, um, and yeah, just like a whole bunch of other like interesting features that mm-hmm. I tested out. So, I saw a video where you were, um, and it's it's always funny to to the idea of test driving uh, an instrument right. um, that you sh- would want maybe to hear yeah. um, live, but yeah. it sounds so good and everything. The things that you were saying after you said you like for example you were on the low end yeah. and you would play it a little I was like wow that's really full and you like, it has a really full sound I'm like <laughs> <laughs> this is great I mean that's the wonders of technology that you can see that you can hear yeah. um, and it's it's I'm so happy for you that you can can present a line of cellos that you and and bows that you fully stand by yeah yeah um, that you would play and that you sound awesome playing on thank you thank you definitely i mean i I, of course i still have my main instrument which is the 1880 gone in bernadelle which is like my fine cello yes um but yeah definitely this this cello like the price point is pretty like moderate you know Mm -hmm. so it's more for i would say like the serious student or Mm -hmm. even like um professionals but for Mm -hmm. certain situations where maybe you don't want to bring your uber duper fancy instrument for whatever reason you know so but you still want something yeah that's that's sounds good and mm-hmm. looks nice and isn't gonna break a string in your face <laughs> all good things tina Gold's greatest fear you'll hear it several times sorry we'll figure out a way to fit it in <laughs> breaking a string in her face we don't want to do that how do you um decide well do you play more acoustic or more electric and what are the deciding factors in in your reach like do you have them both on stage with you or it's like it depends on the gig yeah it uh, it depends on the situation for me I don't think of acoustic cello and electric cello as the same instrument I think Mm -hmm. it's completely different you kind of tap into a different part of yourself when you Mm -hmm. play those instruments um I I would say the equivalent would be a, a classical guitar and an electric guitar. Uh, yeah. Any classical guitarist can pick up an electric guitar and pl- find the notes. Right. But it's not about the notes. It's about the attitude. It's about the feeling. Right. You know, the, about the energy that you're tapping into. Not to get all metaphysical on no, but, but or anything. True. But yeah, it's it's get com- metaphysical. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there. <laughs> no, it's it's completely different. And so I like if you if someone were to just pick up a I don't know electric you know violin and just play in a classical way. I mean that's totally fine like maybe you need to be amplified for a gig or something yeah. but for me I feel like it's not taking something to its full potential you're not actually you know like electric guitar players like mo- most of them or a lot of them you know a lot of what differentiates you is your tone is like how you use the effects if mm-hmm. you use effects at all mm-hmm. you know what kind of amp you play through what um 
you know, the tone from your fingers, what kind of uh, guitar pedals you use or whatnot, the processing. So, and every, every person's sound is unique to themselves. So you mm -hmm. should be able, like once a certain guitar player starts playing, you know within two seconds who yeah. it is, yeah. right? So I feel like it's, it should be the same. I guess with classical musicians too, it'd be nice yeah. if you had like a very distinguishable tone, if that's what you're going for. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's a lot easier to like create that voice for yourself on an electric instrument because you're not limited to only an acoustic, yeah. you know, tool. Like yeah. you have... I mean, literally, you can hook up like a hundred things to your instrument. Right. Hopefully, it doesn't light on fire and you explode. But um, <laughs> you can like you can do so much. It's part of the show. Yeah, it's part of the show. <laughs> Oops, I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I really think it's a it's a completely new like, territory where there's there is so much freedom and there's really because there's literally nothing you can do wrong. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, so how I kind of choose I, if I pl if I'm playing a classical concerto, if I play in a classical recital, which I'm kind of doing less and less of, I have to say, like the last concerto, it was like a year ago that I performed mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a traditional setting, which is really fun. And I, I do love it, of course. Um, but I think sometimes you also have to go with the flow. It's like wherever the energy is taking you, wherever people seem to be um, gravitating and enjoying your, you know, your expression. I try to, you know, focus on that because mm -hmm. um, music is not just a selfish situation either. If you're trying to communicate with people or play music for other people, not just for yourself, like not yeah. just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play music for myself. I'm so cool. I love how I right play exactly for yes. yeah. <laughs> so I try I try to always be very conscious of like you know doing experimenting with different things and seeing mm -hmm. what people's reactions are and like oh okay people seem to like this mm -hmm. like I should maybe explore that a little bit more and so now more and more it's the, it does seem like the kind of more experimental the electric stuff mm -hmm. um, the energy's traveling there so I would say I probably do like performance wise like 80% would be on the electric mm -hmm. like the more alternative metal or you know other styles mm -hmm. um, but when I do session work because that's that's also for me that's like my I don't want to say day job because I also love it. I'm very passionate mm -hmm. about it, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's like aside from me doing my own music, mm -hmm. um, being hired by other bands, by mm -hmm. composers. So when I do that, that's still pretty much 50-50. Like I do a lot of acoustic stuff as well. I had, yeah. um, I've always had a question about the recording process of electric cello because I'm saying in, in the broad base picture right it's it feels like it's still uncharted territory right for sound engineers yeah um live and 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 in this in the <clears throat> studio and i'm sure that you in your performance um yeah. settings you yeah. probably work with a sound engineer that like you're not working with several different sound engineers every single show. Uh, you know, I actually I do, but oh, okay. um, all you have to tell them is like it's not. Don't think of it as an electric whatever. You know, it's a guitar. That's all. You know, mm -hmm. and then once you say that, like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, so even I did a show last week. You talk um, them off the ledge. Yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, no, just, no, it's a guitar. Just like no, I mean, I think just because it's very new, so people mm -hmm. are maybe ignorant, but not in a. It's not because they're ignorant in general no, it's in just because they haven't a, seen it they don't you know, know. yeah they, they don't know so you have to help educate them mm -hmm. um but i told because i showed up at uh i played a playstation uh, experience in munich last mm -hmm. week and i showed up and they were all very nice of course and i said oh i uh and they had an amp on stage because it was in my writer because i need i usually play through ingle fireball or powerball which is like a metal like electric uh, electric guitar amp mm -hmm. and then like you know one of the sound guys came up to me he's like are you sure you, you play through you, th you play through an amp and i want you know, I, I, you know, again, I've Usa. gotten more zen in my old age, but <laughs> I wanted to say, too. Let me breathe five times okay. before I respond to this man. No, but I said, yeah. yes, I'm pretty sure out of the thousands of shows, thousands <laughs> of shows I've played, yes, I'm pretty sure I know that I play through a guitar amp, mm -hmm. you know, because they, I don't know, they, I don't know what they assume. They just think. Well, there's not a cello yeah. amp that's not, I mean, like, right. it's not like if in your rider. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are, are not familiar with this language, a rider is the paperwork that you send ahead of time uh -huh. so that when you arrive to the gig, you don't have to bring all of your equipment. It's already there. Yeah. But in your rider, yeah. if you were to say, I need a cello amp. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. that doesn't even exist. So, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's another point. thing with amps. I also experimented because in the beginning I started playing through uh, a keyboard amp because mm -hmm. I didn't know. I didn't. Right. Because like, like, you, you have to experiment. Yeah. You have to experiment with your sound. I know a lot of electric stream players, they don't use amps. They just play directly through uh, like Ooh. a DI or something, which I would not recommend, but that's okay. Especially you know? if you're just first starting out and you yeah. don't know. Yeah, what it that can, you can control your sound. Yeah, because the na as far as you know, no offense to any electric instrument manufacturer, but just in general, it's like you would never plug an electric guitar directly into the no. PA, like never, never. So you you should not do that. Like the actual tone, like in a classical instrument, it's your vibrato, it's your you know, it's the it's the actual wood of your mm -hmm. instrument, you know. But 
an electric instrument, it's the processing. So right. if you're not putting in the time to like figure out what you're supposed to sound like, right. you're not gonna sound good. You're, you're just gonna, gonna sound like whatever the engineers or whoever you know, whatever you just randomly. You sound never like. want to put your sound in the hands of someone else someone who, that, who yeah. doesn't know. Because if you don't know, then other people definitely aren't gonna know. Right. Um, unless you know, by some miracle, they do something cool. That could happen too. But um, yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your performance is going to be compromised because you're not gonna sound the way you want to or you yeah. think you should. Yeah. 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 And that's that's never. Yeah. Never and, fun. and for people who are like just experimenting or starting out, there's so many different options too. Like if maybe if it intimidates you, like with all the pedals and stuff. There's also a lot of digital processors. You yeah. know, you can go to like Guitar Center or Sam Ash or any like, you know, kind of larger um, music shop mm-hmm. um, and bring your cello. I've done that before. Bring your electric cello, bring your electric violin, viola, didgeridoo, whatever you play. Um, <laughs> and like an experiment, you can actually bring your stuff and just play through all of their, you know, you know, you always see those guitar players yeah. like shredding or whatnot practicing. Yeah. So you can do the same thing, just like experiment so you don't have to buy anything before yeah. you know. And, um, you know, take a day and really try to figure it out. And then boom. Then, Boom. then you know what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it is so easy to get to a place where you can develop your sound and know exactly what all this equipment is that you need versus yeah. I think I should have this. And then, you know, look at the 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 bill and you're like, Ooh, yeah. and I don't use any of this. Right, right. Really right, all right. I needed was maybe one pedal yeah, or just yeah. a good amp. Yeah, exactly. a moment to introduce you to our sponsor for this portion of our podcast, Diodario Strings. Known for innovation and technical excellence, Diodario has the sophisticated production and testing equipment to achieve the highest standard of precision and performance for their strings. Diodario's NS electric string line boasts a naturally powerful output. The key to string design is to optimize each string to perform within its unique frequency range and to keep the low and high strings in balance. As a result, NS electric strings also provide players with the subtlety of expression which any bullet string instrument player may appreciate. Whether you're needing strings for your electric or acoustic instrument, you're sure to find the sound you're looking for in Diodario's orchestral collection. You can learn more about their full line of strings at diodario.com slash orchestral, and you can always buy them at electricviolinshop.com. And now, back to our interview with Tina Guo. This is a this is a girl question. I told you I was going to ask you a few of these. Okay. Um, you, Tina Guo, are a tremendously successful performing and recording artist. You've toured around the world, and your compositions and your production credit list is long and impressive. Um, you have your own company, Guo Industries. You have your own line of beautiful looking sounding and sounding bows and cellos. You're just like doing. You're doing a lot, and it's and it's so inspiring um has the journey been challenging for you as a woman in an industry where you may many times be one of the few or even the only woman in the room okay that is an awesome question (laughs) i'm gonna try not to go on for like 30 minutes about this but um, (laughs) but if you need to yeah because we need to hear this we need to hear this yeah yeah so there's always okay i think in life everything that we perceive is obviously skewed through our perception. So anything that I say is only from my personal experience. Yes. Um, so I always am try. I try to be careful when giving very general advice because it's different for everybody. Um, so as far as like a woman in a male-dominated industry, where I feel like a lot of industries are, most probably industries are still pretty male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have heard you know certain things from certain women. I'm just being brutally honest here. I'm and not this saying, is your experience. Yeah, this is so my experience. Okay, so don't it's, kill me. It's my experience, experience. Right. Um, And I I have heard from certain people, it could be women, it could be whatever, you know, where they say, oh, you know, I didn't get the gig because I'm a woman or, oh, they don't respect me because I'm a girl or, and there, there, there might be, I think I have had certain experiences where maybe certain people might assume that 
I don't know something because I'm a little Asian girl, you know, <laughs> I don't look or seem very intimidating or whatnot, um, maybe, but I feel like pretty quickly you can correct somebody by being, not by being crazy and mean or whatnot, no, but, but by being respectful, mm -hmm. um, stern, but like kind, you know, mm -hmm. just by, just by being a dignified person. Um, so when I hear, when I hear from people, I feel like it's, it's an excuse when I hear from people like, oh, you know, I didn't get this because I'm a girl, but then I go and maybe listen to their music or see what they're doing online. Like, I'm not saying it's everybody, but I, I just feel like you have to be very careful when you're putting blame on something mm -hmm. as a reason why you're not succeeding at something. It's mm -hmm. like really fully analyze yourself. The blanket. The blanket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, this is my personal experience, but in my experience, being a woman in this industry has actually been a benefit. Not a, not a negative thing because it is more rare. And to be completely honest, a lot of the gigs, especially here in LA, because we're mm -hmm. here in LA, um, the TV gigs, uh, sidelining stuff, you know, not mm -hmm. just sidelining, but a lot of like on these TV shows, they specifically request women only, you know, it's, it's kind of like sexist, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, attractive women only, or, we, or for this show, we only want, you know, Asian girls, or we only want, you know, black girls, or we mm -hmm. only like literally, I, I hear mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's not, it's just what it's is real. required. That's it's real. Reality yeah, of... that's real. I'm not here to like candy coat anything. That's, right. that's what it is. Sorry. It's... What is sidelining? Oh, yes. For those of us that aren't um, in LA. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> okay. So sidelining. So when you watch a TV show, sorry, I don't want to shatter anyone's no, like dreams okay. or perceptions, but keep it real, girl. Keep it real. <laughs> keeping it real. Hashtag real talk. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so sidelining is when you, when you watch some TV shows, uh, like certain reality shows or what, not real, like competition, vocal competition shows, and you see stream players, a lot of the, not always, but a lot of times the, the playing is actually pre-recorded, which means you're faking. So you're, they're not actually playing. If you look closely, there's no microphones. I mean, it's like lip syncing. Yeah, it's like lip syncing. You've already done it. But. Right, right, and it's not—it's not because people are lazy. It's just because for production, or if it's a live event, you know, just in case, like it's mm -hmm. usually safer to kind of have it recorded before. A lot of times, um, it will be recorded by the actual people playing, but other times it's actually not even recorded by the people that you see on stage because they hire different people that mm -hmm. they want visually right. on the stage. And you know, I've heard a lot Hence of like those descriptions for yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do do I think that's fair? You know, as a musician or as like a, a, a like a person, like not necessarily. But we have to keep in mind if you want to make a living from music, music is also a business. Mm -hmm. um, and in the end, that's if that's what the employer wants, that's what you have to deliver. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what sidelining is. It's mm -hmm. not not playing live but playing to you know a recording right um so yeah i mean and, and i i have some male colleagues who've actually complained a lot about that they're like that's not fair like we never get called for these gigs you know because we're guys and like yeah I, actually for me there have been situations where i've contracted some things and i said oh would it be okay if i maybe also had some guys so it's like an even you well, know like so you even, even know that like let me just ask because yeah it's well been my experience yeah well you always that, you want you want to be very specific when you're yeah. put in charge of like because you want to make the client happy in the end mm -hmm. the client is always right it doesn't matter like that's another big thing so you have to take your ego out of it like mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you think um, unless you're just doing your own music and you're like, you know, whatever, I'll just do whatever I want. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you actually want to be able to work with other people and have a long-standing career, yeah. Um, because again, music is a business if you're trying to make a living from it. If you're just doing it for passion, that's beautiful. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. But, you know, it's, that's a different thing. Um, so I, I'm always very careful to make sure that, you know, I give people exactly what they want, you mm -hmm. know. So I, I've asked people and... I gotta tell you, like in like ninety nine percent of the situations, they don't want men. It's like they want they want like young. <laughs> There's this visual. Of yeah, they women want like young women. And for me, I actually think that's not fair. I it's the opposite. I'm like mm -hmm. that's kind of not fair. That like you know, I mean, it's not that it's not fair. Um, it's just I feel like if you're a woman, you do get certain. Um, you know, certain benefits in, mm -hmm. in situations. And again, it's it's not just any type of woman. Like, I'm being super real now. Mm -hmm. You know, they want young, attractive women. And so, I mean... It's the you know, business. It's, it's the business, but you you know, when, when, when people do express their, you know, unhappiness about that, I also try to remind them, yeah, but don't forget this type of thing. If you, bu if you build your career as of now, just based on the way you look, the way we look, our youth... You know, especially for women, it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody looks like this forever. We're mm -hmm. going to, everyone grows old. And, and then if that's all you based yourself on, you're going to have nothing left mm -hmm. in the future. So, you know. But if you, actually, yeah. that's a that's a good sort of pivot into yeah. the the fact that you are a, a woman-owned company. Yeah. That your brand is, um, is largely, yeah. well, I mean, I don't let me put words in your mouth. <laughs> but, okay. you know, perhaps that's a, that's a, 
being in that place of being able to make the calls and make the shots, yep. Yep. you can also be a tastemaker as yeah. well. Yeah, which yeah, is great. yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, um, you know, so like what you just said, being in that position, you're but you were able to kind of take take advantage of it mm-hmm. and try to parlay that into something else as mm-hmm. well. So, um, yeah, as far as a woman, I think people treat you exactly how you allow them to treat you, you know? Right. So if you present yourself with dignity um, and you're trustworthy and you always deliver more than you promise, not mm-hmm. too much more, but like mm-hmm. a little bit more, <laughs> um, and you're, you know, you're always on time, you're always early, you're always mm-hmm. respectful, you don't freak out, you don't post like crazy things on social media. I've also seen that. And it's like, but people see what you post. You mm-hmm. should be careful about mm-hmm. like the thing. No, I mean, you should be expressive, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, be, be very conscious of, like what you put out there because mm-hmm. you don't know who's looking, you don't know what employers or people, potential people are checking you out or potential mm-hmm. dates or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is also important. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> this girl is crazy. Um, so yeah, just be conscious of like yeah. what, what you put out there. Cause what you put out there is what you get back always, mm-hmm. you know? So. What is, um, speaking of social media, how has um, social media impacted your your rise as a and mm-hmm. and your your place because you are a worldwide artist this is not you know we're not just on one side of the of the world or another you are like everywhere oh, so know. you know you are girl stop it you oh, can be <laughs> well I kind of am but I need to <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> so how does how does social media because I have to tell you guys when we were setting up and, and you'll you'll see this um, you should follow if you're not already following Tina um, on Facebook and on Instagram she'll tell us um, what her what her handles are in a little bit but um you know as we're setting up she's taking pictures and and these things a lot of people don't think um, about what the media the the content is and how they just put any old thing up or yeah. I'm doing a video in my car I'm playing cello and driving or yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like well, maybe <laughs> don't dangerous. put that up that yeah. sounds dangerous and, yeah. and it's probably not going to sound good yeah so how does social media um, how has that played a role in your in 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 your brand in your sure. in your rise? Okay, so social media has been the entire source of me building my brand, I guess. It's wow. been the only source. Um, I've done everything myself. I haven't hired any outside companies or whatnot. And That's awesome. I'm, a, I'm always a huge uh, proponent of... Um, using social media my god like we are so lucky to live in this age now where we can make a song we can like record something on your phone or whatever Mm -hmm. and just put it up in five seconds and Mm -hmm. literally the entire world has the potential maybe they won't see it but there's a potential for it to be out there Mm -hmm. even like 20 years ago or 10 years ago that wasn't a possibility right you know you had to like pay a lot of money to go into a recording studio and do all that just to you know hire a video crew with a giant camera yeah like it's so easy now so when people don't take advantage of that i'm like what do you doing like if, if that's what they want you know right. uh, if they're if they want to build a following if they want and also I think it's important to not be um shy like there there is a balance there but um yeah I mean for me I try to I try to and again it depends on your method it depends on your brand it depends on who you are as a person uh, some people are naturally a little bit more shy and they don't want to share everything which is mm-hmm. great and some people are the opposite extreme share everything yeah, like everything, everything. Too much. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm probably on the on the spectrum of like too much, mm-hmm. you know. And I've tried to like cut it down a little bit, but I'm probably down to about maybe ten posts a day, which is <laughs> very conservative. I um, post much. I don't post too much. <laughs> I post much. And so yeah, and like for for me personally, I just try to balance it out between um, like actual musical content where mm-hmm. it shows me playing like mm-hmm. live, like so like look, I can actually play the cello mm-hmm. as a reminder to people because I. Feel I feel like sometimes if you put if I post too many like photos because I love taking photos and video clips you know for music videos like it's all playback of course because right. it's a video a music video and if you record something in the studio you can always use auto tune or punch things in and right. whatnot so um, I try to just for me I try to always like make sure if I if I look at my feed and I'm like oh you know what I haven't posted a video of me just. Just like playing. no makeup, just like playing at mm-hmm. home practicing. Like maybe I should do that just for myself to like ground myself. Like mm-hmm. you know, calm down, girl. Like this mm-hmm. is you know, this is who you are. This is mm-hmm. real reality. <laughs> um, but also to show other people, like mm-hmm. you know, don't believe everything you see on social yeah. media. Like I'm not like well, right now I don't have all my makeup on. I probably look mm-hmm. a little scary. So I apologize. But Y'all, she don't look scary. No, no. <laughs> she looks great. Don't, no, no, don't but, don't believe that. No, she but it's like when, when you know a lot of times people only put out like you know extremely perfection, perfection and that's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, so I try to like you know keep keep even it out just for 
you know, for myself and yeah. for, uh, for other people. But, um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, sorry, it's a little off topic, but I think, no, it's relevant. I mean, people <laughs> have to, I think a lot, a lot of times just like with playing electric, um, or amplified, you yeah. know, it's like the point of entry. Like, how do you start? Right. Everybody knows that what the, the social media outlets are, but they don't know how to yeah. make it work for them. Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, YouTube, it's definitely, you know, a big thing. I think every everybody and their mom is on YouTube mm-hmm. now. So um, I would recommend, you know, I always tell my friends who, who maybe are uh, classical musicians and they want to start doing, like, building their own brand and don't quite know how to do it. It's it's super simple. I mean, you could even, I've done videos on my phone, you know, and just mm-hmm. posted it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, okay, it's not going to be the most spectacular quality. But it's authentic. But, yeah, it's authentic. It's HD, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um, probably one of the videos that has the most views. I think 1.5 million or something, one of my oldest videos. Mm-hmm. It was literally on a phone. Like, it was just, <laughs> like, for, for, like, a 60-second thing, you know, so. But I think it goes back to what you were saying about, yeah. like, the the organic authenticity. Yeah. If you yeah. can play. Yeah. And if you have put in the work. Right. Then what you're what you're presenting it you know is it's of course it's not going to be a whole video team but right, right. the essence of what you're giving and that energy yeah is when there. you capture that right that's what those views and those shares and yeah it, it's and you've got it girl you are just oh I just I'm so <laughs> thank you and no. I'm just really excited that we can talk about this thank and you. about your process thank you and thank you. hear from you know from from you yeah. Um, what your journey has been and how you can continue to inspire others, not just with your playing, but with this sort of real talk environment about, about how you do what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have another great sponsor for this podcast series, Kodabo. Kodabo is the premier family of carbon fiber performance bows for violin, viola, cello, and bass. With a deep commitment to supporting the string community from day one, Kodabo unites the time-honored traditions of bow making with the future of advanced materials to pioneer a family of bows unsurpassed in performance and beauty. Electric Violin Shop sells a wide variety of these super strong, super responsive Coda bows for every style of playing and budget, from the diamond to the jewel and also the prodigy. Learn more at CodaBow.com or shop and buy your next bow at ElectricViolinShop.com. Um, and the other thing is, I, I also don't want people to feel discouraged if, like, because you know, we said about putting in the many hours mm-hmm. and like having that, like that authentic or the core skill. Um, there, there are certain musicians too who maybe don't have like a certain level of technical whatever like they're not super shutters yeah. but that's okay too. Like, not everybody has to be that. And I feel like, um, you know, it could be everyone's very unique in their style. Mm-hmm. There's many, many types of music. Some of my favorite musicians, they're not like. Te- like super virtuoso right. or whatever because like sometimes not always like you you have certain people who have both you know but sometimes those super mechanical robotic amazing players like i don't feel anything and for mm-hmm. me it's like about how, how someone makes you feel you right. can play one note right but like oh my god that's the best note yeah. i've ever heard you know so like don't feel discouraged like i don't want people to think like oh well then i have to like be perfect no when no I play, no you know no. but, but I think, just like, um, like what whatever it is that you do like it doesn't matter you could be making soap you can be playing violin mm-hmm. you could like you know um just yeah if you present it in an authentic way Mm-hmm. and like kind of focusing on whatever it is that your strength is or your mm-hmm. passion is then it's okay like you yeah. don't have to be like I don't no, know whatever you we, know so. the, the technique 
everybody, yeah. like you said, everybody yeah. doesn't have access to um, to the same Asian parents <laughs> force you to practice eight hours a day. Yep. No, I, I don't let you listen to anything, but no, I guarantee music. Yeah. you, if you grew up in my household, <laughs> like that's why I'm not, I'm not a big, it's, I'm not saying there's no such thing as talent, but trust me, like if anyone grew up with my parents, mm -hmm. I guarantee you they'll be like, if really if they had no players, talent, they could technically still I, rock I, I, I believe so. I mean, maybe <laughs> certain people have like a little bit more of like an inclination towards, mm -hmm. you know, I only tried to play violin for six months, but maybe if I practice for eight hours a day for, you if know, that was your only for five, option, six years. Yeah, I probably would, have been would be like, okay. You play yeah, this yeah, I probably would eventually have figured mm -hmm. it out. You know, mm -hmm. so. Um, so yeah. I just a quick question about your parents. Sure. Um, where are they, and how do they feel about your success in the non-classical genres? Yeah. So my parents, uh, they live in San Diego still. They're okay. still music teachers, and I have to say, okay, so I dropped out of USC after my first two and a half years because mm -hmm. I. Uh, I don't know what it was a combination. Well, my teacher at the time, Eleanor Schoenfeld, who was amazing, um, she passed away. So mm -hmm. after she passed away, that was kind of the reason that I went there was to study with her. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I was struggling a lot financially. I had a, I had a scholarship for music, but it doesn't cover you know living expenses, living. food, which I eat a lot of, um, and you know books. <laughs> Never know it. Looking at this chat. No, no, no. Like books. <laughs> I, I remember like the first semester I went to the yeah. bookstore. It was like nine hundred dollars. Yes. I was like, what the. <laughs> yep yep so um so I was like really stressed out because I, I was teaching students I was I remember I was teaching like piano lessons or something for like 15 bucks an hour mm -hmm. which is I guess Nothing. more than minimum wage but you know after but, gas yeah. and time it was not yeah. not good um I was doing like you know <laughs> little later. sessions I didn't have that much work you know I was um advertising myself on Craigslist but for cello services okay um, <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> Uh, and cello uh, services did not have quotes around it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I was like, I was out playing with different bands, you mm -hmm. know, on Hollywood Strip, like for 50 bucks or yeah. like gas money. Like just trying yeah. to, like for me, it was just to try to make money. But yeah. actually looking back, it gave me a lot of training to learn how to work with different people yeah. and play in different situations. But that's a whole other thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I was missing a lot of class because I was like trying to work and trying to make money. Yeah. Um, and you can only keep your scholarship if you have a certain GPA. GPA. So I just like wasn't there. So then I decided, I'm like, okay, either I have to like focus on school, which I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that. Like, yeah. I guess I could keep charging stuff on credit cards, but I didn't want to do mm -hmm. that. So, so I actually left. And I want, and I, in my own mind, like I, I had my career, that's in quotation marks, my career mm -hmm. hadn't really taken off yet. Like I didn't mm -hmm. have a career. It was not, it was just in my head. It was a delusion that yeah. I had in my head. Right. Um, a dream. Yeah. A dream, a dream, not a delusion, but a dream. Not and, a specific dream. Yeah. And I thought like, you know, maybe if I like don't go to school and I'm just focused on like building myself and trying to play concerts and trying to like, you know, and so I left and that was my choice. Uh, and they freaked out my parents, mm -hmm. of course. Um, cause their, their dream for me, like they wanted me to join the San Diego symphony or any symphony and, mm -hmm. you know, play the show, which is great, which is wonderful. Um, and I, I've played in a lot of orchestras growing up. I really loved it. It was fun to play with other people. However, I, I personally prefer to do like to kind of do my own things. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be, I want to experiment and mm -hmm. not know what I'm doing every day. The thing that drives me insane is if I know what exactly what I'm doing every mm -hmm. day and to do it over and over. That's like Groundhog like, Day. Yeah, like for for me again. Some like for other people they love it. They like the security. You know, mm -hmm. for me I don't I don't I don't like that. It, mm -hmm. It's not security. It's like a prison. You know, yeah. so um, I'd rather suffer a little and panic and then yeah. try to. But you know, trying to trying to make it. You got so, the spirit of the hustler. Right. Hustler. Yes, that's what it is. You yes. got to hustle. Yes. Um, all good things good things come to those who wait but only those things that are left behind by those who hustle there by abraham lincoln there you go he used the word hustle <laughs> yes he used the word hustle i believe it <laughs> i think he meant oh. more like you know people who like hustle like people quickly hustle. <laughs> yes tell me about rising up from the chair and standing up and playing cello because to watch a video of tina guo is to watch her standing and swaying and dancing and flipping that hair and, <laughs> and breaking both strings and all of that. So how did you, was it out of, again, out of necessity or you yeah. just like, I don't have a chair, I'm going to stand or I got to get up and move. Yeah. What was that? What was okay. That? I have to be, okay. I, I'm going to be completely honest. So in the beginning, in the beginning, <laughs> I actually didn't want to do it because I tried mm -hmm. and I, I was super out of tune because of the position, the angle yeah. of the fingerboard, everything is different. So I use a Yamaha, which is kind of like more of a traditional body cello with mm -hmm. a long end pin. Mm -hmm. It actually also doesn't work if you're too tall. I'm only five, th five, three and three quarters. Three quarters. Yep. Which is like, 
just about like the maximum height you can be if but you want you wear if you want yeah well my heels are usually at the most two inches any okay. higher and like the end pin isn't long enough then I you have see. to like you know it's a whole thing so yeah. um so I, when i first started i became very uh like discouraged because mm -hmm. I, I would like record myself. That's another good thing to do. Record yourself so you can like have a very honest, you know, even representation, when even when you're practicing. So mm -hmm. you can, cause you, sometimes you're into it or you're focused, um, but you might not for some reason hear or see something, even like, you know, look you're making or, mm -hmm. you know, I used to do this weird thing with my jaw where I would like clench my jaw and like move back and <laughs> forth, like this weird, like yeah, monster yeah, looking yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I like didn't want to do it. And I, I was in my first girl band. This was a long time ago. I was in college. And the keyboard player told me, like, no, you have to stand. It like, doesn't look good if you sit. If you have to stand. And I argued with her for months. Mm -hmm. But, like, f because actually she was pushing me. I was uh -huh. like, oh, okay, okay, I'm going to try. Okay. Um, it took me two years, actually, to be able to actually feel comfortable, mm -hmm. like, to figure out the technique, everything. Like, the yeah. ricochet, the bowing, yeah. the, like, everything is completely different yeah. when you're standing, you know? So, uh, but now I, I love it. I feel like it is harder to play in tune. It's mm -hmm. really hard to play in tune. Mm -hmm. Like, sitting is, like, super easy mm -hmm. now, you know? Because everything leans or the Yeah, everything's on you and, yeah. and nothing moves. Like, when you're right. when you're standing, everything is constantly <laughs> moving. So, you're, like, moves. trying to, like, calculate, like, where, you know, and there's no frets. So, you right. don't know. I mean, I guess you could cheat and put little gold star stickers or something. But I guess. Yeah, but are yeah. you really looking at your stickers? And, and no, would you really be feeling no, that? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd it, be it like just, those um, those chrome yeah. <laughs> things that you took off your car and put on your right, cello, right, 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 for decoration. Yeah, yeah. No, it just I think anything's possible. You just have to put in the time. And I really I practice a lot. It took like really a couple years to figure mm -hmm. out like the tone um, and how to play standing, the balance, and it depends what kind of electric cello you have. Because some mm -hmm. people have like the strap-on kind. Mm -hmm. Strap-on. That sounds weird. But you know the kind that you strap accurate with yeah. a harness. Yeah, with a harness. Yeah. So. Oh, it, it depends. Yeah. So you compose your own music, but you also compose for other people's projects and collaborations. Right. And um, you also work with one of the most famous film soundtrack teams uh, with Hans Zimmer's camp. Mm -hmm. um, is the process similar? And if, if it's not, how does it differ? Um, well, you know, if I write my own music, so I write my own music just for myself, I guess, the self-release, uh, and I do that for my home studio, you know, um, when I write music for other projects, most of the time I also do it from here. Uh, when I'm collaborating with other composers, um, whether it's co-writing or recording for something, I usually mm -hmm. go to their studio or mm -hmm. we work remotely. Um, I don't know if the process is that, I mean, the only difference, obviously, is that you're working with other people and you, again, like I always talk about like not having an ego, mm -hmm. because one you like you have to try to be collaborative like if everybody ha is collaborative um then the final result can be a lot better but if you're always trying to like put yourself into something where it's supposed to be a collaborative environment um then it doesn't work so right. i always try to approach things respectfully you know be careful of how you communicate um and if you're hired if you're hired only to be a session musician i have like i always tell my friends like you know try to like control yourself because in the end if someone's paying you to do something they're always the client is always right right mm -hmm. the customer is always right so you just do what they ask you to do now, i've played not a lot you know but i've played on a few situations where i'm like oh this is really weird you know or like oh, i don't know about you know but you know i, I might like nicely kind <laughs> of like make you know but because i have seen other maybe other colleagues like be a little bit more vocal or disrespectful about it or like mm -hmm. oh this isn't like written correctly or you know i'm like listen okay i have been in situations where literally the entire score was like a 16th note off because they didn't quantize it but mm -hmm. You know what can you like? I understand like not not all composers have classical training. Most of them don't nowadays. You right. know, so you just try to be easy to work with. Try to right. be try to go with the flow and not like freak out. You know, so um, so yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't really. I guess it's not very useful information. I'm not very. No, it it yeah. it is because I think that people. I mean, a few things. Yeah. Thing number one is that. Um, there's value in knowing that you can get so much accomplished. Mm -hmm in a home studio oh my gosh with the wonders a of technology yeah, yeah um which sidebar i want to ask you about your neighbors because tina we're in an apartment building yeah. and um it's lovely here i just wonder i mean if i live next door to you yeah. i'd be like man we got a concert every day <laughs> this is great she's practicing again Shh, she but you know do you ever get like the the broom on the ceiling or well, knocks amazingly on the door? enough like I, i'm so i've been here since september in this condo right mm -hmm. um and the location it's a little bit you can probably hear it right now yeah, like when, right when now. cars go by outside which oh, is on occasion or, oh, yeah, on or cue. allowed 
there you go. look at that. <laughs> you can That's hear it. So it's a bit of a problem. I have these uh, panels. They're clear sonic sorber panels that mm -hmm. are movable. So you can kind of like form like a sound booth wherever you want it to be, which is mm -hmm. nice. It doesn't attach to anything. It just stands mm -hmm. up on the floor. Um, but my, so I don't have any neighbors below me because it's a, it's the garage. The parking oh, garage is right below. Nope thoughtful on yeah. your part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the lady above, I actually did a sound test. I did like a sound check before I moved in here to make sure. And I played as loud as I could on the acoustic in the living room, which is where my studio is located. Um, and she claimed, I don't know if it was true, but she claimed she couldn't really hear anything. So I was like, okay. And she also works all day. Oh. So I do my best to like not record. Work. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but she was here. But I try my okay. best to not record before like 9am and after 9pm. Mm -hmm. You know, if I do, I do it very softly. And then the gentleman, I have only one neighbor to my other side, and he's a doctor, and he's gone from, um, he told me like 4 a.m. till 9 p.m. Oh. So, so you're so here it's by okay. yourself, basically. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. So it's okay. But eventually, I would love to have my own home mm -hmm. with like a, um, a home studio, like in a separate kind of guest house situation. Mm -hmm. That's my long-term goal. Dream. Yeah, that's my it's, dream. It's coming. I hope so. Yes. Yeah, one day. You one just day. had to be home to actually experience your home right that's another <laughs> I want to tell you guys like when I first um came to uh Tina's door she was like oh, no. ignore the ignore the Christmas wreath <laughs> I was like but this is what happened she's never home she's always working so I'm not mad actually I want to take a picture of you near your Christmas okay. wreath <laughs> okay before we go okay um I want to ask you about um the Wonder Woman project. Yes. Let's talk about that. Sure. Um, well, so for Batman versus Superman, um, which Han scored with Junkie XL, um, he uh, he wrote the Wonder Woman theme, and so we worked on like I don't know putting that together, and that made its first appearance in the Batman vs. Superman movie where the Wonder Woman character is established. Mm -hmm. So luckily for me, because it was already established there, that kind of meant like she ha had to be in the yes. new Wonder Woman movie. Um, so I did record for the new soundtrack. The movie comes out July, early, uh, is it July? No, June, I'm sorry, early June. June 2017. June, yes, what, what you just said, yes. what she just said. Um, and <laughs> so I, I actually, but the main theme is actually only, I don't know how many bars it is, but it's not super long. You know, it's like a, a motif that kind of repeats mm -hmm. um, in like different variations or whatnot. But I thought it would be really cool to do my own version of it. Yes. Um, that's kind of like a more industrial metal version that, you know, has like a extra like verse, chorus, like yeah. that kind of more traditional, um, like a song, you know, yeah. three and a half minute song. So we did that. Um, that'll be released May 26th uh, okay. digitally like on iTunes, Amazon MP3, and I also filmed a music video for it last yes. week, which I'm really excited about. Yes. Um, when will that be available? Same day, May 26th. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So if you, um, on my YouTube, I've already started post posting teasers mm -hmm. and stuff, but it'll come out on YouTube on the 26th of May. That's one week before the, the actual film comes out. I love it. Yeah. I'm so excited and so appropriate yeah. for you <laughs> oh. to be recording uh, anything Wonder Woman as oh, like this gonna be like your that's your theme song. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And uh, I, I'm going on tour with Hans starting I guess in like six days. Oh wow! We have our first show in uh, in L. A. at the mm -hmm. Microsoft Theater, and then the tour is five months long until wow. mid August. Yeah, it's pretty long. But Ooh, so I'm happy that we caught you when we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and we also added the Wonder Woman theme to the. Uh, to the show so awesome yeah i'm really excited we're, we're gonna have all the girls in the band hans is a big proponent of like girl power mm -hmm. so uh there's quite a few girls in the band and awesome. we're all gonna be at the front of the stage doing oh, that great. together so it'll be great yeah it'll be fun so we'll be able to i'm sure at some point see that as the tour is going somewhere between your release and the, the tours end somewhere on oh, YouTube. Like will be you mean able like to see. oh yeah yeah like last year we did this tour and like there were videos from every show mm -hmm. that we did from people yes. so so yeah. look for it people yep yep look for it <laughs> Only have one more question. Okay, okay. Um, what advice or suggestions would you give acoustic string players who are looking <clears throat> to shift from unplugged to amplified or electric? Um, what if, okay, my advice is that you should experiment and play around with different things until you find something that you resonate with. Because if you go into electric plane or life or anything in general without having a clear idea of what it is you're trying to achieve you'll never get there because you don't even know where you're going right yeah. um so i think it's important to figure out uh, and it doesn't mean you have to be stuck to one tone you, you can play all kinds of music on electric it could sound very different but just to you know like what i mentioned earlier about going to a music shop or even going like having a guitar player friend who has maybe lots of toys and stuff that you can yeah. like just plug into and just experiment to see yeah. what what you like um because, yeah, a lot of times if you don't even know what the possibilities are, it's a little bit difficult to 
figure out what it is you're doing if you don't know what you're doing, you know? Right. So if you, if you don't even know what's, what's available yeah. for you to do. Yeah. And Hey, you know what? If you can play Sibelius concerto, if you can like figure out how to play a classical instrument, trust me, <laughs> working with pedals and little plugs and little buttons, like it's very easy. Like sometimes I know people are intimidated, like, Oh, but there's so many, I'm like, really? Like you can, you can like play that crazy stuff on like cl- classical music yes. and you don't, you don't think you can like plug in a wire right. and, press. and like press a button, like, come on, <laughs> you know? So no, you can do it. Don't be intimidated. It's right. like, everything's scary at first. Of course I was scared too. And when I, I remember when I first went to the guitar center with like my little electric cello and I was like, Oh, hi. I don't know. Hi. <laughs> yeah. um, hi. But yeah, once, once you do do it, once you start, it'll just come very naturally. And then you'll turn into a gearhead and have way too much stuff. And that's another problem to discuss at a <laughs> future extreme. time. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I hope that when, um, the tour comes anywhere near North Carolina, yes, that yes. you will let electric violin shop know and you will come in and see what we've got going on. I would we, love to. I've, yeah, I've never been be, to the shop. That would yes. be amazing. Because yeah. the shop has, um, we've got instruments that you can try out oh. and pedals and peripherals and amps and all types of stuff to make it very easy yeah. and comfortable. Right. But we would love to have you because I'm sure you would know what's going on with almost all of that stuff. Oh, that'd and, be great. Um, yeah. It, I'll have to just, check the tour schedule. We, we are yeah. coming to the U S um, we're doing like all of us from July mm-hmm. through and uh, mid, mid August. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'll well, check we'll, we'll keep following. Okay. We will follow. Okay. <laughs> my friends, it has been my pleasure to spend this time with Tina Guo. She has, Tina Guo, she needs like a W-O-A-H <laughs> at the end of that G. That's what I tell oh, people when Gina they ask Guo. me how to pronounce my name. Like, how do you yeah, pronounce it? It's a goo, like, it's a gout. I'm like, whoa, goo. Yeah, like, whoa. Or you can be sad, like, oh, whoa. Like, oh, oh, no, girl. No, no, no. I'm sad about you. Okay. It's whoa. Okay. It's Tina Guo. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. Thanks for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for answering all these questions girl power questions (laughs) we're just going to continue to follow you and wish you all the best thank you so much my friends, you have it, our latest episode of the Rockstar Violinist Podcast, this time featuring Rockstar cellist Tina Guo. Even though our podcast title lures you in with the mention of violinists, here at EBS, we're committed to introducing you to string players who rock out on more than just violin. As you just heard, cello was the flavor of the day today. Stay tuned and get ready for our upcoming episode in the next few weeks. I'm Shauna Tucker. Thanks again for listening.